Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the podcast. I'm Darren Potts. I am your host, as always. Just a reminder, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at The Podcast. Give me a follow, give me a like, subscribe for all the other upcoming content. There's some really good chats this month, especially in the world of MMA. Some guys from The Whip to Warrior, Richie Craney, Martin Stapleton, guys like that. I also have some other fighters all lined up throughout this month. So look out for those chats, those conversations, those podcasts. Get on them, listen to them, give me some feedback. But today's guest, Kobe Fair, The Dawn. The man himself, he's coming off the back of a victory. We recorded this just before his fight and we talked about it a little bit on the podcast. We predicted a win, he got the win and it's on to the next one for Kobe. Grew up in Ohio, came through Notre Dame College, a wrestling background. Bobberton, Ohio is where Kobe is from. He's had a really cool upbringing in terms of the wrestling background. He is now in Vegas fighting out of Extreme Couture. You should know that gym. That is the gym of the heavyweight champion of the world in the UFC, Francis Ngannou. It's also the home of Aljamain Sterling, Kai Kamakwa, and various other killers in the MMA world. It's a really, really cool place. Some of the best coaches on the planet are in there as well. Gym of the year. The future is bright for Kobe and i'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode this conversation this chat as we talk a little bit about his journey his mentality and where he wants to go in the mma game so without further ado let's get to the conversation with kobe fair five four three two one Welcome listeners, we're back. It's MMA Mayhem here on the podcast and I'm back with another episode. And today I have a very, very special guest on the show. By the time this airs, he will have already fought and we will be celebrating a victory. But as we're talking right now, this is fight week. It is the build up to his fight this coming weekend. It is Kobe Fair. Kobe, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on, bro. We just talked about it slightly just before coming coming live on the air. The fights this weekend, you're excited to get back in the cage. There's a few wrongs you want to right. Uh, tell me a little bit about your preparation for the upcoming fight this weekend. Uh, I got uh, I have some real tough coaches out here and real good uh, sparring partners at Extreme Couture. So I'm sparring guys like uh, Cody Stanman, Patrick Mix, uh, Kyle Reyes from time to time. So just about every round. Uh, Gustavo Lopez. So just about every round is a freaking hammer here. So, um, you know, just getting acclimated with the partners that I have. Learning to uh, adjust on the fly and kind of not get hit really and stay out of harm's way. You know, I've just had a hard camp. Uh, Nate Pettit and uh jake shields are in my camp so those guys are they don't play around and also jason manley helped me so i've had a real tough camp and after uh that last fight i kind of was making sure i don't ever get in those positions again and i can smash fuckers wherever like choke them you know going for kills instead of just like grappling them and squeezing them learning guillotines, darces, different submissions. So I'm more well-rounded in the grappling department and, you know, just growing my striking little by little. So it's been a hell of a camp. They don't fuck around out here. 
Yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. I mean, Extreme Couture, you're at the home of, obviously, the heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou as well. Recently won the belt. Kai Kamak was in there. Ty Gwerner, Brad Tavares. It's a who's who of killers in that, yeah. in, the, in that gym. And you're training with some of the best on the planet. And I'm sure it's obviously done you really well as you're preparing for, for this fight at the weekend. What can we expect to see from you this weekend? You've just said you've came through this really hard camp. What's going to be on show this weekend for you? I'm, I'm saying I'm going to take his ass down and I'm going to fucking smash him. <laughs> and then I'm going to get his back and I'm going to choke him. Rear naked, just traditional rear naked. Maybe, maybe uh, Darce. Maybe, but chances are I'll be smashing him with top pressure and he's not, he's probably a scrappy fucker. I'll give him that. Right. Like he's probably ready to thug it out and go through some shit, but chances are like, there's just a level, there's a level, there's a level difference and I'm just going to let the skill play out. So it should be fun. That's the thing with wrestling as well. And wrestlers, because that pace is so intense from the first bell, you know, right to the end. It's intense. It's high energy. It's high pace. I recently had a chat with Grant Dawson from Glory MMA, who's just won again in the UFC 5-0 and for him, and wrestling background as well. And Grant was saying, you know, that feeling you get when you're just grappling with someone and you can feel their body just tiring and they give you their neck or their arm, like just end it. And obviously for you as a wrestler, it's, it's obviously – a nice little connection for you guys, but take me back to where it all started because I like to focus on my guest's journey as well. You grew up in yeah. Ohio, Robertson, uh, according to my research. Tell me a little bit about about growing up there and your desire to get into MMA. But obviously, for you, it started out with wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so my father and uh, my father threw me into wrestling when I was four years old, and uh, I thought it was going to be like WWE shit. Like cage, like thought I was gonna get hit with a chair. I was four. I was petrified, and then, but he made me freaking go there and kind of threw me into it, and uh, he pushed me pretty hard, and we got good over time. And we didn't really go to uh, special clubs. I was kind of homegrown. I was a Barberton kid. Like I only really got trained by guys from my town. I had the opportunity really to go other places, like private schools and shit like that. But my dad was against that. And my coach, Dave Mariola, he actually beat Mark Coleman in college. I think he pinned him in a splato, if I'm not wrong. I don't, I hope Mark Coleman doesn't see this. So he doesn't come looking for me, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure my coach pinned him in a splato. So, uh, I just stayed loyal to those guys kind of thugged it out and went to Barberton, which it's kind of like, like I think the median household income there is 34,000 a year. So, you know, it's not like very rich area, but some pretty good people down there. And I thugged it out, stayed in Barberton and uh, went to Lake Erie College. Well, actually, I got third at state my senior year, lost to Dean Heil, who was a three time uh, or two time D1 NCAA champion. He beat Aaron Pico that year pretty solidly. And I lost to him kind of close. So I never really got to break through. You know what I mean? I always kind of wanted to win a state title or NCAA title and the stars didn't align or I kind of shot myself in the foot or didn't do uh, little things right. Like we call them crumbs at extreme Couture. 
you, I left little crumbs everywhere, little things I didn't tighten up, like a sleep schedule, just probably drinking too much booze, partying, running the streets of Cleveland like the Ninja Turtles, fucking fighting crime. <laughs> so, you know, that that's kind of really how I got to MMA. It was just kind of being like a kind of a fucker and getting into fights that I shouldn't have gotten into growing up. And then uh, I didn't have the balls maybe to punch certain people because they were tough when I was growing up. And I'm like, I want to fucking learn how to just beat the tough guy's ass too, like the best guys up. Like, I don't want to just be able to beat up the top three kids in my grade. I want to be able to fucking fuck everyone up. <laughs> so <laughs> MMA fits my mindset, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. You see, when you look back at that time and, you, you know, you mentioned there the crumbs, you know, that maybe you didn't tighten up at that at that period of time. When you are where you are now and you look back at that time, those lessons that you probably learned about tightening up those crumbs, they've probably actually helped you in the long run yeah. as, mu- as much as it maybe annoys you that you didn't win state because you're obviously good enough given, you know, how close you ran. But looking back now, you're like, yes, it's a frustration, but I'm, I'm sure you've learned a lot of good and valuable lessons from it as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, like amateur boxers that have like 300 boxing matches or like 400, I'm that same way with wrestling. Like I probably have fucking a thousand matches before before I even had hair on my armpits. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, it's like, and I lost a lot. So I'm not, I'm, I'm cool with the whole process of like, if you want to get good at something first, you got to like be around people who are good and learn how they do things right. And, and kind of like imitate them, so to speak. And then over time you just start becoming like them. So I did that with wrestling. I went to, I went to Notre Dame college where we were a powerhouse. We like won nationals by maybe 40 points my senior year. And uh, I was around Joey Davis, Garrett Leinberger, uh, Jonathan Rivera, Sonny Marchetti. This was one of my coaches, uh, Anthony Ralph. So I, I'm just paying homage to some cats I trained with at Notre Dame. And uh, I started to imitate them and kind of figure out how they do things and, you know, come up with something that works for me, but find guys that were like-minded to be around and and being around champions. That's, that's the the trick. Like MMA is a individual sport, but it's a team sport too, because you, who you're around affects you so much. Like you can't fight, you can't prepare by yourself. You need a team. So here I'm, I'm imitating guys like Cody Stanman, Joseph Benavidez, uh, Patrick Mix, Dan Ige, for sure. I learned a lot from that dude, just as far as how to handle the uh, lifestyle and, you know, like the guys working his ass off every day, like the consistency, right? And being a professional, trying to, I'm not like everyone's in a hurry to go nowhere fast in MMA, right? Like they want to be Conor McGregor in like fucking 30 minutes. It's like, <laughs> takes like 12 years, kid. You know, it's the it ain't easy. So I'm just imitating the top guys and uh, testing my heart and my balls every day, really seeing where I'm at. You're in the right place. Obviously, we, it, like we said earlier, it's a who's who of killers in yeah. extreme, extreme couture. And it's obviously very good for you. And, Notre Dame as well. You know, when you were there in Notre Dame, it was like the All-American team and how well you guys done. You're surrounded by people with the right mentality, that champion's mentality, the champion's mindset. And you're able to propel yourself from there 
deeper into the MMA world. A name that's came up alongside yours, quite synonymous with you and your journey, is Jessica I. Tell me yeah. a little. Tell me a little bit about the journey between with, with you and her, and especially that first time you met, because there's a really funny story I think in here that I want you to share for my listeners. Okay, so uh, I was fresh off the college wrestling thing. No, I was actually still a full time student and coaching at college at Notre Dame, and I would drive over to Strong Style. And they would use me as a body for Jessica I's uh, wrestling and some of her MMA stuff. And I didn't know shit about MMA, but I already <laughs> fought twice. I, I did two MMA fights with zero experience, never trained MMA, just wrestled and street fought. And I went one and one, but I came back and was training because I, I was one to get into fighting. And Jessica's like, we're going to do some MMA and uh, is that cool with you? I said, perfect. Well, I fucking took her down right off the rip. Right away, I take her down. They're like, stand back up, take her back down again. Stand back up, take her back down again. Then the second round, they're like, hey, no wrestling, fucker. Marcus Marinelli from Strong Style. He's like, no wrestling, fucker. So it was straight uh, kickboxing. And she head kicked me like three or four times and almost like, damn near knocked me out and I hit her with the cross. Like my only punch that I landed on her, I like broke her tooth. Like I tried to punch her like she was a man cause she was beating my ass. It was just, it was insane. It was like, what's going on here? I'm fighting a girl. It's Monday night. I just got out of a college class. I drive over there in a car that's fucking doesn't even run. <laughs> it's like a miracle. I even got there. And then they're like, Hey, fight this girl. I'm like, what the hell's going on around here? Why am I fighting a girl anyways, you know? But, dude, yeah, she and she took me in. So she kind of saw that uh, I was going without shit and wasn't really in the best place, kind of roughing it just to get through college wrestling. And obviously my family helped me a lot. But then Jess came through, like, and just started being, like, kind of a big sister to me and uh, showed a lot of love, man. She helped me more than – more than damn near anyone else, right? Like, just got me phones, fucking been a training partner for me, kind of learned a lot from her, what to do, what not to do. She got me in, uh, I cornered her and helped her with her wrestling for fights against uh, uh, Choke Again, right? The New York girl. Uh, Jessica Rose Clark, which was in Singapore. Um, Calveo. So I kind of, I, been around a lot she plugged me in i was just i'm not gonna bullshit she plugged me in she got me connections with extreme couture uh gray maynard and from there gray helped me on the way moving out here so jess jess has been i mean she's done a lot for me man there's nothing i can say negative honestly yeah, you can obviously see that in your response whenever I asked about it. You know, that original story of the first time you guys met went into the cage together, I think that's brilliant. But certainly your relationship has grown from there. You mentioned she's taken you and she's helped you helped you along. You mentioned that she helped you, you know, when it when you're in a bad place. Has there been periods in your life where maybe mentally you've struggled and it's not worth it? It might do something else. And if so, how have you kind of got over those hurdles? Uh well, Kerry Colot, he's this wrestler, right? He failed at the world team trials eight times. And they only talk about the ninth time when he won it. 
So like, I kind of just accepted uh, the outside shit doesn't really matter. Like this is my lifestyle, right? Uh, I train a lot. I spar weekly. I fight guys every day. Um, there's been, dude, the, there's been so many fucking dark times. I don't even, one day I'm gonna write a book about it. Cause I don't even, <laughs> it's a whole can of worms. Like it'd be such a long story to explain. Right. But I've been in some pretty bad spots and actually fighting the lifestyle has never been a problem for me because I'm used to this kind of grind ever since I was four years old. That's how, that's how I've been. I've been an intense type of guy. I train my ass off every day, but there's some nerves involved with fighting that at first you're not sure maybe if you're cut out for it because you're nervous and you're like, are the rest of the guys nervous? Are the top guys in the world nervous too? And then you find out, fucking Nate Diaz is nervous or Nick Diaz is nervous. The best guys in the world are nervous and it's a good thing. It's actually like exciting. So, you know, it's just been a transition from wrestling and being a broke motherfucker, which is what I am right now. I'm pulling up to the gym in a beat up, a beat up car that my dad gave me just so I could get through. Cause he knows him. He knows what I'm cut out to do or what I'm, what I'm going to do. So, yeah, there's been a tremendous dark times, and I thought about quitting thousands of times. I thought about quitting wrestling every fucking day from four years old to my senior year. So that shit's, like, trivial. Like, I'm already down to sacrifice everything, really, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, 100%. There's, there's a guy I spoke to at a previous podcast called Kevin Croom. And Kevin was sort of similar to yourself. He was coming up through, he had a lot of street fights and struggled in, in life and stuff like that. But he got his UFC call at 31 years old. And in his first fight, he won with a KO very quickly, got fight of the night bonus, all that sort of stuff. And for him, it was like that validation of like, it is such a hard life and the sacrifice. And what people don't see, people see the UFC and they see the bright lights, and the big octagon. They maybe don't see what happens in behind. But for no. him, like he got the call to UFC earlier that year. And when he got there, he ended up getting COVID and they sent him home. And he said it, that if it was a year ago, he would have drunk a bottle of Jack and jumped out of a tree. He's like, that was, that, that was his mindset. But people around him were able to talk to him and keep him going, keep him on that path. And I think something that's not talked about enough is the sacrifice of people in the sport. And it's sort of hidden behind what we see about the glitz and the glamour of the big TV shows, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. People think the fighters are like fighting for 20 million. <laughs> yeah. hundred you know? percent. I think, I think that some of that's probably Connor's fault as well. And obviously I'm a little biased because obviously where I'm from compared to where Connor's from, so I'm a little biased towards him, but of course, um, from sort of back to you, your transition from wrestling into MMA was a good one because you've already been dedicated your whole life from four years old wrestling right the way up to now. So nothing's really changed for you except maybe learning some other stuff alongside the wrestling. And yeah. one of the questions I have for you is you're very good at wrestling. You've done wrestling your whole life. You're obviously doing a lot of other martial arts on top of wrestling. Now, do you have a preference? What your favorite, it, what your favorite is to train in, what you like doing the most? Uh, just striking and jujitsu, like American grappling, American grappling. Yeah. That's, I like, uh, 
I've been using the wrestling. I had a jujitsu kind of wrestling style. It was scrambly. I did a lot of shit you're not supposed to. Breaks breaks most of the rules. <laughs> but but it's it's actually more tailor made for a grappling sport with submissions, right? Because there's no back points in wrestling. There's back points. So when I roll or go across my back, I'm putting myself in danger. Obviously, in an MMA fight, I don't want to, you know, be underneath someone if I can help it. But there's a lot of shit you can do from there, too. So grappling is definitely my uh, my niche. If if I were to just grapple most of the guys, they would probably be fucked. But if, you, you know, you put strikes, you put strikes in there, it changes the game up a little bit. My My last fight, I was punching too hard while grappling and it got me so tired i never did that in the gym i didn't hit with that intensity in the gym right like i wasn't like just fucking trying to crush hit people as hard as possible i would usually use my grappling and you know look to uh just squeeze them up and i didn't know submissions when i moved here and then uh jake shields about six months ago started uh mentoring me and training me and grappling just being a good influence and teaching me how to choke fools and, and it changes the game. Cause I can get your back right from my wrestling skills, but I don't know. I didn't know submissions early on. So I'm literally on their back every day thinking I want to choke this son of a bitch so bad, but it's not there or I don't know how to do it. Like I try, but I didn't know how. And then Jake and Jason Manley have made like small adjustments to where I put my hands and things little uh intricate details that allow me to get the chokes out so yeah they're gonna be falling asleep i hope <laughs> i should be putting these fuckers to bed soon <laughs> that's it i mean it was a very similar scenario with grant dawson i mentioned grant earlier you know he had a huge wrestling background and when he came into mma he was able to throw most people about and tire everyone out but he just didn't have those chokeholds and ironically from no jiu-jitsu or any sort of submission background he now has like 14 finishes by submission and that's all down to the wrestling and being able to tire people out and from listening to you you can throw people about you can tire them out with wrestling you enjoy choking people and you enjoy punching people is kind of the vibe i've got so i mean from an entertaining point of view you're gonna be a very entertaining fighter and you have been so far but what i want to know about now is who inspires you is there any particular three two or three fighters that maybe you look up to and I like that guy. I like his style, like what he does. And um, obviously the guys in extreme couture, there's probably so many you could, you could rhyme off, but is there any, yeah, any there. particular couple that stick out to you? Okay. On a day-to-day basis, I have tons of people that inspire me, but I'll go like fanboyish as far as styles that I like the most. And I have teammates that will probably beat this guy, these guys. So, you know, I don't want to <laughs> piss anyone off. <laughs> but number one, Thug Nasty. Bryce Mitchell, first off, the, the combining the grappling, the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu together and using stand-up proficiently and being able to take the fucker down and then submit them with twisters and, like, funky submissions. Got to have it. That's the dopest style. So... Doug Nasty's number one because of that, because of his style and his post-fight shit talk. When he said, uh, what he said? He said, Papa, he said, Papa, I'm coming home. <laughs> he said, tell my mama, 
to be hungry. I'm taking her for steak. <laughs> like, who the fuck says that after their most dominant performance? Like, it was just so entertaining, dude. I love that fucking guy. Uh, Mike Perry, even though I know he's getting slapped, like, just his character and the way he handles himself in the octagon, it's just it's entertaining. And uh, Kevin Holland. Big mouth, Kevin Holland, huge fan. <laughs> what about um, your future aspirations? You're obviously getting ready. Um, before we get to future aspirations, rather you're getting ready for this fight this weekend. When do you travel up, um, up to the sort of the venue and get ready for that? Oh, I'll leave. I'll leave uh, Friday in the morning. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Weigh-ins the- are, weigh-ins are Friday afternoon, so I'll, I'll, it's an hour and thirty minute drive. Yeah. So I'll just stay home and keep my routine regular. You'll head up with the coaches. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Nate Pettit and Jake Shields. So um, Jason Manley will be out there too, and probably Johnny Nunez. You know Johnny Nunez. Yeah. Is there much? Uh, is there much mind games that go on um, in the in the sort of the weigh-ins, or even sort of leading up to that? That if your opponents, are, you know, in your face, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to. You're just no. whatever, dude. Just doesn't phase. Um. There's no knives, there's no guns, there's no illegal moves, right? So <laughs> I don't know why they would do that rah-rah shit anyways. Like, go ahead and do that. But if we weren't, if we were outside of the venue, I have a 60-foot reach. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not a gangster or anything, but it's like, you're not, I don't get it. The rah-rah shit is stupid. Like, I do enjoy seeing the person, though, and watching their reaction to me and figuring out you know what they what they think right i i've done that at dual meets since i was four years old i'd go to a wrestling tournament and wrestle eight matches in one day so that was eight different guys i had to interact with one-on-one right yeah the whole thing is awkward the build up to it you're about to wrestle each other your dads are right by each other you're you're literally mat side by these fuckers so the kids are asking me, how many years have you been wrestling? Like, I know all the little mental shit. Like, guys will try to butter you up and ask you a question and be your friend. Some guys try to act real tough. All that shit is trivial because once once they shake hands or you touch gloves or whatever, it's on. It don't yeah. the, the acting is irrelevant at that point. It's about skill and durability and heart, probably. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, tell me about some of your aspirations going forward. You've obviously this fight this weekend. You're going to, you're looking to win this fight. You're very confident going into it. But what what can we expect going forward in the future? What's your what's your sort of maybe long term goals? I suppose. Yeah, I just want to get uh, get this last amateur fight out of the way, mm-hmm. turn pro, and then uh, follow the plan that Jake and Nate Nate have uh, for me, and take take my pro fights. Uh, smart and uh, pick, you know, get four or five fights and professionally and start using more skills, choking fools out and fucking putting people to sleep. And then uh, probably changing my family's life. Yeah. That's what I see happening. (laughs) Well, fingers crossed for you. I'm I'm confident in your ability. I'm confident in, in your mindset. You seem extremely focused, extremely driven. I wish you all the best, obviously, for, for, for this weekend. Um, one last sort of question before we, we wrap it up. We've talked about different people at Extreme Couture and 
all the who's who that's there. But what's the atmosphere like when you go in every day? You must be excited, but in terms of the competition level, the atmosphere, the teamwork, what's it like training at Extreme Couture? I mean, you saw the gym of the year thing, right? Yep. So I love the atmosphere. It feels kind of like uh, football. You're going to football practice. I'm pretty sure because like what Eric Nixick, like the vibe that they create there is just freaking, it's a great place to learn and it's intense, but not like overboard. So, you know, like there's some, you know, bloody noses. Oh shit. There's some bloody noses every day, but um, overall it's just a really intense room and Nixick, uh, the music's bumping every day. You know, your favorite fighter is probably in there and passing through at least, right? You know, on a random day, you might have 25 guys on the floor that are all on the top 10. Like, out, you might have Aljamain Sterling in one group. You look over, it's Dan Ige. Um, it's just it's unbelievable, bro. It's really a blessing because you get a lot of insight and – you get to experience beating some of those guys, losing to some of those guys, dealing with the losing to them and then coming back and facing them again. Like it's just so much experience that you can't, you can't gain that without really getting in there and testing your metal. And I have a chance to do that every day. So I think it's pretty fortunate with uh, the situations I made to get myself here, but every day, at extreme there's multiple classes that are for skill building so if if you want to get good there's no excuses there's literally five or six classes a day that will skill build you in some aspect of the sport whether it's muay thai or boxing kickboxing catch you know submission grappling wrestling classes so yeah i mean it's the fucking gym of the year it's kind of it, it was bittersweet i left uh, strong style in cleveland which uh, Marcus Marinelli was like a father to me in my time there. So it was a little bittersweet and emotional. And um, they kind of raised me and did a lot of work to help me uh, stay on track. And then COVID happened and I just, I had to leave because I couldn't train. So I, mo I moved out here. So big respect to uh, Strong Style MMA also, Stipe and all the guys up there too. Well, certainly you've you've been in a couple of really good gyms, of course. You know, Steve and Strong Style, phenomenal gym as well. Gym of the Year, Extreme Couture, who's who of murderers, row of fighters. You're learning every day, you're trading every day, you're picking up new things. You have a fight this weekend, big aspirations for the future. You're in the right place to learn from the right people. I'm excited to see what happens, as I'm sure you are too. You're you're probably chopping at the bit to get in and get the fight going on Saturday. You know, fight week, you're probably, oh, come on, just get the Saturday, yeah. I suppose. But, but, Kobe, thank you so much for coming on and giving me some of your time tonight. I know you're just back from training. Um, this has been really fun. I've enjoyed it. So, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. And best of luck this weekend. Really excited to see how it goes. Appreciate you, brother. I hope I didn't uh, talk too crazy for, for anyone. I try to keep it PG. <laughs> and... Fuck, I would think I might have been too honest. I swear a little too much. Tell your kids, don't do MMA or wrestling. 
and fucking play clarinet or go to like a marching band, something easy, right? <laughs> it's true that. I'm excited. <laughs> but thank you so much once again for coming on the podcast. Appreciate really, good, you, really good fun. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast with Kobe Fair and myself. Just a reminder, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube at The Podcast. Give me a like, give me a follow, see what other content I have coming this month and the content's already been released this month. It's a really, really big month for me in terms of MMA. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation and I'm really excited to see what the future holds for Kobe. So thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week.